I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 208 and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. Uh, Every month our patrons get to pick a game that they want an episode of the show about but that I've never played, and then I play through it, and then I ramble about it in my unique and coherent fashion that you've all grown to know and tolerate. I don't know if I'd say love, but tolerate anyways. Uh, and so this time around, we're talking the original Ratchet and Clank for the PlayStation 2. And for the record, Ratchet and Clank won June's Patreon poll. May's Patreon poll winner was Splinter Cell. We have not forgotten about it. That episode is coming. Uh, I'm just having a... It's been tough trying to lock down a time to record it with my buddy Brad, so that might be next week's episode. That's what we're aiming for, but I haven't forgotten about Splinter Cell. But Ratchet and Clank is this week. That one, June's Patreon poll. Um, I've played the modern Ratchet and Clank games. I played the PS4 one a few years ago, which I believe was like a reimagining of this first game. Uh, And then I played the latest one, Rift Apart, on the PlayStation 5. I really liked both of them, so I was really excited to see where Ratchet and Clank began back on the PlayStation 2. And now that I finished it, uh, yeah, it was about as good as I expected it to be. There's a a couple instances where the camera or the controls are just a little bit fucky. Uh, But that's part of playing a 20-year-old video game, I think. Overall, I had a great time. So I'm officially three for three with Ratchet & Clank games. I've liked all three of the ones I've experienced. I think I can officially call myself a fan now, particularly of Clank, because that little bastard is awesome. I love that guy. And uh, if you've never played 
the Ratchet and Clank games. They're, they're third-person action shooter games, really charming. They're kind of like Pixar movies, really funny, great villains, great heroes. The weapons are just off the charts and wild, and they really make the game with how zany they are. Really fun, uh, just excellent, excellent video games. So uh, my pal Darren makes his triumphant return to the podcast this week. You may remember him as my guest on the Spiral the Dragon episodes, amongst others. Uh, he's a huge Ratchet and Clank fan, and we spent over an hour talking about why this game is so fucking good, why this series is so fucking good, and I even get on my soapbox and show the PlayStation 2 a little bit of respect, because the more time I spend with that thing, the more I enjoy it, and in case you're like, dude, how old is this guy that he never played PlayStation 2, uh, I just wasn't gaming much during the PlayStation 2 era, so I missed out on a lot of its greatest uh, games, but like, Shadow of the Colossus, Bully, San Andreas, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, Need for Speed, the list goes on and on of the PS2 games that I'm experiencing for the first time now. And I'm like, God damn, what a powerhouse of a goddamn console. So the more time I spend with it, the more I enjoy it. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of stuff that you enjoy more as you spend more time with it, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. Dun, 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 dun. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Listen, our intros have gotten kind of long, but they're fun. Our intros are fun. You know what our intro is? Remember when you were a kid and you would go to a restaurant and then like you'd order your food, but then you had to wait for it and that sucked. But then they'd give you like an awesome placemat and some crayons to kill time with. The infamous intro is your placemat and crayons. That's especially because I write all my notes in crayon on construction paper. But if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road and you should be into the Ratchet and Clank talk. But I suggest hanging around and listen to us talk video games and stuff. I do have to get my plugs out of the way. This is, you know, how I pay my bills. We have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, posters, all rocking incredible art designed by my friend Joe at 4545creative.com. You can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a phenomenal way to support the podcast. And of course, if you're like me and you're like, I don't do clothes, I'd rather just walk around in my underwear. Then you can always just support us on Patreon. It's about the best deal in the history of the internet because for only two bucks a month, you get two additional podcasts every week and you get exclusive access to my gaming news podcast game patch every friday where i look at all the biggest news in modern video games and i add in my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there uh episode 100 of game patch will be going live this friday which is fucking crazy and then you also get expansion pass every thursday which is a different show every week we do game rankings we look back at specific characters consoles we do some comedy episodes there's video game discussions we do game reviews this past week on expansion pass we talked about games that had a positive impact on your life and we had some great stories to share from our listeners. I had a few of my own to talk about. It was a lot of fun. And as is becoming tradition during the intro here, this is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, games that had a positive impact on your life. I don't have a World of Warcraft, but one game that is like World of Warcraft to me is Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, because that was from an era where I wasn't gaming a ton, but I, I had moved to Edmonton, um, about a year or two before World of Warcraft or fuck World of Warcraft. Now it's on my mind before Mario Kart Double Dash came out. And I've told the story before I kind of fell out of gaming at that point. That's when I was in my bar star phase. I was in my early twenties. I was going to the bar all the time, but even then I met a new group of friends here and, and I really struggled when I left Cold Lake because I lived there all through junior high and high school and made some of the best friends I've ever had. And then to move away from them at the age of 19 and having to start over again, it, it fucking hurt. Um, but I made some new friends down here and a lot of nights we'd go to the bars, but sometimes we would just rent like Mario Kart double dash 
or fucking a Mario Party game, but Mario Kart was our go-to. And we'd all just sit together at somebody's house and just take turns and have these tournaments where like it didn't even matter if you were good or not because you could hop on the cart with someone that was good and play it together. And we'd all we'd do drinking games and organize like round robin tournaments. And it, it helped me connect with a new group of friends here, much like WWF No Mercy and stuff did with my friends in, in Cold Lake. So that's now available in our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 122, uh, I'm going to drop one of my modern game reviews and I'm going to talk about the indie gem that is Into the Breach. I did give it a quick review a couple of years ago, but they just released a, released a massive free update for it. It is up there with Slay the Spire and Shovel Knight as some of my absolute favorite indie games of all time. It is one of the best strategy games I've ever played. Most people I know that have played Into the Breach are as addicted to it as I am, so I'm going to show that game some fucking love and try to get more of you addicted to it. So that'll be our episode that goes live tomorrow. So again, Two bucks, get you two additional podcasts every week, plus instant access to over 200 archived bonus podcasts. Plus, you can get access to our Remember the Game Discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You get the ability to submit comments and questions to be read across all of our shows. And you're going to get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons. And the goddamn list is not on my computer. Here it is. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons. That's the type of quality podcast to get around here trevor mckee natty gas bert macklin daniel geeky bat lord dramanix matthew cooper luis benitez poppy chulu quiet place queen andrew warren danny yates dusty mondays stoop kid 90 cam nelly 23 neon noodle adam lamb Catherine clark daniel vizda chris rich Kevin richard and terry dowdy that might be the best group of shout outs I've ever done as far as butchering the fewest names possible but there were some easy names in there this week but either way thank you all so much and welcome to remember the game industries you can check that out at patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested and please don't forget five percent of our patreon every month is being added into a pool that my girlfriend and I will be donating to the Stollery Children's Hospital in December as part of my 24-hour charity stream we're over fifteen hundred dollars raised there and we still have half a year to go or just under, I guess. So thank you all very, very much. And finally, you can find me on Twitch if you want to come by and see my dumb face, twitch.tv slash member the game. I don't really have a strict schedule. I kind of just work it in when my comedy and everything allows me to, but you can come by. It's free. See my dumb face. It's lots of fun. All right, there you go. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Fraser Burns. He wrote in and said, hey, Andy, for the longest time now, it's been, oh, for the record, some people have been asking me, why did some people call you Andy? Uh, somebody left us a really nice review in like a write-up about five video game podcasts you need to be listening to. And maybe you're listening to it right now. If you are, thank you. Uh, and they mentioned ours as one of the five video game podcasts you need to be listening to, but they called me Andy instead of Adam. So if you're wondering why, you can call me Adam, Andy, blank, Mr. Blank, stupid. I don't really care. Call me whatever you want. But that's why some people call me Andy. So Fraser Burns wrote in and said, hey, Andy, for the longest time now, it has been becoming a tradition to offer a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass during the intro. When, if ever, will this actually become tradition? Or has the bit about it becoming a tradition become its own tradition and therefore can never be changed as part of Remember the Game folklore? These are my shower thoughts. First of all, never fucking think about me in the shower ever, Fraser Burns. And second of all, 
uh, it'll become a goddamn official tradition when I say so. And you're on double secret probation for questioning my fucking traditions around here. All right? It's yes, it becoming a tradition has become a tradition, and that's the tradition. And I respect your traditions. Please respect mine, Fraser. Fucking don't think about me in the shower. It's weird. Uh, Draven R. Schultz. I hope I said that right. That sounds like a wrestler name. Wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I don't know if anyone has asked you this question before, but what are your thoughts on video game to film adaptions? The general opinion is that they usually suck, but I think that's because it's complex slash difficult to tell a video game story that usually takes 40 plus hours to tell into a 90 minute segment. Personally, I think they'd be better off being made into running TV series than a film. I just wanted to ask what you think. Keep up the great job and thanks. Well, thank you, Draven. I don't know if I'm saying your name right, but I'm trying. Uh, yeah, we have talked about it a little bit. One thing is like we've reviewed a couple of video game pod or movies here on the show. People ask me for more episodes about them all the time. I don't watch a lot of movies. I think, I mean, I've seen Sonic and Sonic 2. I've seen the Mario Brothers movie from the 90s. I've seen The Wizard. I think those are the only video game movies we reviewed on here because I think those are the only ones I've seen. I've seen some of the Resident Evils too. But anyway, uh, yeah, general my, my general belief is that they suck as well. There's the odd exception. I think Sonic is getting better, but I do usually think that movie video games suck. And I absolutely agree with you. I would rather see video... If you're going to make a video game into a movie or TV show, make it a TV show. I 100% agree. Doesn't mean they're all good, but like, especially when they end up on a streaming service like Netflix or something, because then I don't have to pay money to go to the theater and eat $20 bags of popcorn to find out a movie sucks. I can watch a couple of episodes and if it sucks... I don't have to go back. For example, I am quite cautiously excited, optimistic for the Last of Us series. And I'm so glad they're making the Last of Us into a TV show and not a fucking movie. Because you're right. It's it's so hard to tell that story in 90 minutes. I agree with that 100%. So, uh, yeah, my general belief is that they suck. I would rather have TV shows, but I do think they're on the, I think they're on the right path. I Sonic, the two Sonic movies aren't great, but they're good. And I think they're doing a good job of at least setting the table. I'm skeptical, but I'm going to see the Mario movie, the new Mario one. I'm nervous about that movie, but I, I think there's a chance for them to really do something great with it. And I, I'd still rather see it as a TV series, but I digress. It is what it is. So thank you for writing in, Draven. Yeah, generally, I think video game to movie adaptions fucking suck. Quiet Place Queen wrote in and said, what are your thoughts on the population of women in gaming? Do you know any women who are into it and stay into it? Most seem into one game and not into history or mechanics. I'm having a hard time finding anyone in real life as nerdy as me, and I don't think my boyfriend, who is a supportive non-gamer, would appreciate me hanging out with guys. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? It's thanks. That's a good question. Queen. I, one of the things I get asked a lot, um, about remember the game is why I don't have more female guests on. Uh, it's, it's cause I'm, I'm sexist and uh, no, uh, it's that's shut up. I'm not, no, don't fucking clip that. I'm not at all. I, uh, it's, I don't have a lot of, I mean like the thing is, is like I'm 38 and I've been in a relationship for 15 years. So I don't, I know you can be friends with a guy or a girl or, you know, whatever gender you're attracted to. You could be friends with them and not, you know, have sex or be fooling around or whatever. But like, like you just said, I don't think my boyfriend would appreciate me hanging out with a bunch of guys. I don't think my girlfriend would appreciate it if I was like, yo, I'm going to go over to this other girl's place and play video games. So like the reason I don't have as many video female guests on the show is because I just don't have a lot of female friends, period. And most of the ones I do have don't play video games. Kate, as you all know, Kate's one of our more popular guests. And Kate is like, I think the only female friend I have that plays a lot of video games. So, and I know we have listeners that are female. And for the record, like 
<laughs> please don't be like, I'll come on the show. Cause I get a ton of messages like that now. Cause in the early days I used to say, yeah, come on the show if you want to. And now I get messages like that all the time and I can't get everybody on the show. Um, I do think it's getting better queen. I do think, and I don't think it's fair, but I do think it's, I think gaming is cast as a hobby for guys and don't fucking yell at me. If you're a female and you play games, I, I, I agree with you. And I do think that the walls are breaking down in that sense, but I do think it's, generally always been like when I was a kid, I didn't know hardly any girls that played video games. I knew girls, most of them used to beat me up, but, but, uh, I didn't know a lot of them that played video games. So I, I can't really speak from a place of expertise. Cause I don't have a lot of, like you said, do you know any women who are into it and stay into it? My girlfriend plays the occasional game, but she doesn't do it very seriously. And I don't know a lot of, I know a lot of girls that are into one or two games. I don't know a lot that just play everything. Um, and I don't know what that, I think part of it too, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm speaking from a place of ignorance, but like is part of the problem that when women post online that they play video games, they get guys in there mansplaining and fucking hitting on them and shit like that. And like maybe there are female gamers and they're just a little hesitant to make it known because men are, and listen, I am a guy and it's just the fact I was talking about this on the rambling idiot this week. Like men are kind of shitty as a whole, as a, as a species males are kind of shitty. And so I wonder if maybe that's part of the reason you don't hear more about female gamers. I don't know. Um, but no, to answer your question, I don't know a lot of women that play and are into a ton of video games. Um, so don't think that I don't bring women on the show because I hate them. I am a little bit scared of you, but it's mostly because I don't have a lot of friends that are females that are also gamers. So I hope that answered your question, Queen Place. Thank you for writing in. Makeshift Money wrote in and said, uh, Mr. Blank, in the Remember the Game CD-ROM, is there a way to get out of the dungeon without using the wizard's key? the hell are you talking about nakamurda wrote in and said just want to say that i got into the podcast a month ago at 3 a.m while feeding my newborn and i saw that some incredible person had done a 90 minute podcast about yo noid it was awesome however what got me to sub to your patreon was hearing that the absolute correct opinion uh or here pardon me what got me to sub to your patreon was hearing the absolutely correct opinion that a link to the past is the superior zelda game and that ocarina of tim while great is not as great or open world as we all remember it to be still an a title but fringe top three in the series thanks for the laugh and nostalgia and i'm glad that you're back well congratulations on your newborn nakamurda and thank you for listening to a night we might have the only 90 minute podcast on yo noid in the history of the internet so i'm goddamn proud of that don't send me other ones if there are them because I'm not going to listen to them. We did one and I never need to hear a podcast about Yonoid again. Uh, you're right. Yes, I, I'll die on that hill. Link to the Past is a better game than Ocarina of Tim. And I'm not looking to fight. You're welcome to your opinions. Link to the Past is a better game. I don't even, in my opinion, Ocarina of Tim. Ocarina of Tim might be number one as far as importance in that series with maybe the exception of the original Legend of Zelda. But it's not even a top three for me. I've been getting asked a lot. Am I ever going to do an expansion pass where I rank all the Zelda games? Maybe. I've not played four or five of them still. Uh, but if you're wondering really quickly, my top three Zelda games are Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds, and probably Wind Waker. Those are, off the top of my head, those would be my top three. So thank you for agreeing with me that Link to the Past is better than Ocarina of Tim. Seriously, Ron P. wrote in this. I, don't know, this is, I know this is a super classy podcast, but can we talk about buttholes for a minute? Fuck yeah, we can. In the Rambling Idiot podcast from July 26th, you talked about staying in a house with an awesome bidet. The greatest crime in the Western world has ever committed upon itself is not using bidets. Going on vacation to a place without a bidet is torture I wouldn't wish on an enemy. So Adam, do you have bidets at home or do you have a dirty butthole? Uh, my butthole is filthy. But I usually just get in the shower. 
I, maybe this is too much info. We're going to move on. But you can just get in the shower and give that thing a good scrubbing. But no, I, I would love a bidet, though. Dude, if you've never used a bidet, the next time you go somewhere with a bidet, everybody, I'm telling you, game changer. Fucking, I agree with you, Ron. We That is maybe the greatest crime the Western world has ever committed upon itself, is not having bidets. It is fucking total game changer. <laughs> and with that, this episode of this podcast has officially jumped the shark. No, I have a couple more questions, and then we'll move on. Ogrod said, hey, Adam, what are your thoughts on interactive cutscenes? Lately, a couple of the games I've been playing have had them, and I am not a fan. I use cutscenes to give my hand a break, maybe wipe them if they're sweaty, check my phone, use the bathroom, get a drink, etc. I find it really annoying when I put my controller down and have to pick it up in a panic because I have to start pressing buttons during a cutscene, which sometimes I miss and then have to start over. I wish developers would stop doing this. A cutscene is just that. I'm already playing a game. I do not need it to be more interactive. I could not agree more. I do think it's cool that the, the transition from gameplay to cutscene is getting more seamless and the cutscenes and gameplays look to be almost the same quality and everything that's fucking awesome but dude i have died so many times on cutscenes with fucking quick time events in them that i didn't know were coming and it is the biggest crock of shit because i agree with you that's usually what i do the first thing i do when a cutscene loads up is pick up my phone maybe that's not the right answer maybe i should be paying attention maybe i should keep my stick on the ice keep my head up blah 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 shut up i'd like to take a break and i have been fucked so many times by goddamn interactive cutscenes i can't agree with you more Ogrod. it is bullshit and it is a practice right up there with microtransactions and loot boxes that needs to fucking stop. God damn it. <sighs> Matt McLean wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I just picked up an Xbox Series S and I'm playing through Bug Fables, which is a great game, by the way. I've heard that. This game requires quick time button pressing and having been a Switch player exclusively for the past two years, I keep fucking up the buttons because they're completely opposite. In your opinion, who has the layout right, Xbox or Switch? I'll go one step further and save in PlayStation. All three have different button layouts and I'm assuming it's got something to do with trademarks or whatever and they're not allowed to use the same button layouts. That is such a mindfuck. For people that switch between consoles, I couldn't agree more. It just... I don't, I don't think any of them are right. I think they should all, I think they should all get together and fucking just agree. This is the layout done and fucking move on because it drives me, dude. I saw a meme online. I'm, I'm not stealing the joke, but I'll admit it. It's a meme I saw online and it showed how Xbox, PlayStation and Nintendo all have X buttons on their controllers and all three X's are in a different place. And it says, this is why I have trust issues. I can't agree more. So none of them have the right layout. None of them do. They all need to get on the same page. It's fucking bullshit. Imagine if places on the planet drove on different sides of the road. You know how fucky that would be? That's why we all drive on the same side. Because otherwise, it's anarchy. It ah, fucking drives me crazy. And finally, Ace Trainer... A oh, pardon me. It's letter time. It's letter time. I almost forgot the song. Ace Trainer Agus wrote in and said, First time writing in, middling time listener. Out of these three of your favorite games of all time, two modern, one retro, what would you play remake in a race? Super Mario World, The Last of Us and slay the spire i swear i'm not trying to torture you just genuinely wondering so for the record i do get a lot of people asking me to play play one remake one erase one of their interest in uh, their submissions and i don't read all of them on the show because i get so many but this is this one made me think play remake erase super mario world the last of us and slay the spire i would i would play slay the spire because i think it's almost perfect and it's endless like i could never get tired of that game Ah, uh, but which one then do I remake in a race? I'm all right. You know what? Uh, I'm going to remake Super Mario World and just add more DLC expansions. Make it the game that never ends. And then I guess I'm going to erase The Last of Us, even though I don't fucking want to, because it doesn't need a remake. 
And it doesn't have the replay value to me that the other two do. But I fucking love that game. And I know it's getting a fucking remake anyways. It doesn't matter. Uh, thanks, Ace Trainer. You're on double secret probation for making me sweat like that. Thanks to everybody that wrote in this week. As always, I appreciate it. Let's get to our Smash Hit segment. The official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in a minute. And this week, since we're talking Ratchet and Clank, which released in 2002, I thought I would go over to Metacritic, and I snagged three of the highest rated games of 2002 for the hot seats. We have Metroid Prime, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And this week was great. I always want it to be tight. Three different combinations, all with a different game as the playing answer, had over 20% of the vote. It was very close. But 29% said they would play Metroid Prime, remake Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and erase Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Danny Yates wrote in, I said, I have a feeling this is going to get me on double secret probation, but I'll play Tony Hawk as they were always fun as they were. I'll remake Vice City because the original doesn't hold up today and the remastered version didn't do it justice either. Uh, so I'd make it to the standard of Grand Theft Auto V and then I would delete Metroid Prime as I only just got into that franchise this year playing through the old games on the Switch and I don't have a means of playing Metroid Prime. I don't think I've ever heard Metroid Prime come up in a conversation of must plays compared to the others as well, to be fair. Sorry. No, you don't have to say sorry. I don't think, as long as you don't come in here and say one of these games is a piece of shit or something, there is no wrong answer. I can live with playing, remaking, and erasing any of these games because they're all really important, good fucking video games. So you're safe, Daddy. You're in the clear. Lucas Frazier wrote in, and said, I'll say play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 as all the Tony Hawk games are good. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'd remake Metroid. I never got into the Metroid games, but I've heard Prime is the best of them. And I'd erase Grand Theft, I'd erase Grand Theft Auto because I've never been a fan of the series. I'm in this similar boat. The only one I've played to the fruition is San Andreas. But every time I say I don't love Grand Theft Auto, I get in trouble. So... I'll just shut my mouth, but I no problem, Lucas. Lord Dromonix wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, first-time commentator. Took me listening to over 180 episodes to finally sign up for the Patreon. Glad to be here. My take this week. Thank you, by the way, for the support, Lord. Uh, play Metroid Prime because I got it for free, handed down from my brother when I got a GameCube for a free game. I love it, even though I barely remember it. I'll remake Vice City and listen to this. Almost everyone played it on PS2, but I played it on PSP, and it was my first Grand Theft Auto game. I gave my life to this game when I was in middle school. I loved listening to the random radio shows and had wild conversations. The music was so good. I never really listened to rock music before this because I live in Puerto Rico. And I can confidently say I started loving rock, especially 70s and 80s rock because of this game. I also needed to get away from bullies at this time, so I would blast away at people with tanks that I got from cheap codes. And then finally, I'll erase Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 because we already had 1 and 2. We don't need 4. I would go as far as to say we already had 2 and 3, so we don't need 4. I think 1's a little bare. But I... Sound logic all the way around. Thanks for writing in, Lord. I got no problem with that. Bandi I have no one to yell at this week. It's kind of weird. Bandito said, Hey, Adam, a nice bacon cheese wrapped hot dog with deli mustard and ketchup and topped off with a pickle here. <laughs> I'm Yeah, that's a fucking good sounding. I, I maybe could leave the ketchup. That's a good sounding hot dog. Uh, Bandito said, Play Grand Theft Auto Vice City since it was not a GTA game that I had played and who doesn't like to wipe out streets causing chaos? Remake Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. This is what got me to the skateboarding game genre and I loved it. I haven't had the draw to play other remakes from the series because my nostalgia wasn't there. If they remade 4, on the other hand, I would definitely play it. Erase Metroid Prime. I hate games that I have to backtrack all the time. In my experience with these games, is that what they're best with? And I think it's worse than a half-frozen hot dog on a crusty dry-ass bun with no condiments. Okay, single secret probation for comparing Metroid 
to a fucking half frozen hot dog on a dry bun. But I do agree though. If you don't like backtracking, Metroid's not for you. That's Metroidvanias. So sound logic. And finally, Dylan Jacobson said, play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 remake Vice City. It was by far the GTA game I put the most hours into. Tommy Versetti is the fucking man. Erase Metroid Prime because 2D Metroid games are better. I wholeheartedly agree with that actually. So fuck yeah, Dylan, good job. Uh, I can live with any combo this week. There's no wrong answers, but I'm going with the majority of you, the 29%, including Frosty Feet, who wrote in and said, this one's easy. Play Metroid Prime because I never have and I hear great things. Plus the GameCube kicks ass, so why wouldn't this game? Remake Vice City because it's been on everyone's wish list for years and I think it'd be awesome. Erase Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 because Pro Skater 3 is much better. I, yep, I... <laughs> I don't have a problem with any of that logic. I personally would play Metroid Prime because I never finished it back in the day and I really want to. Uh, I would remake Grand Theft Auto Vice City because I love the setting and soundtrack for that game, but I hate that I kept drowning. And if you've played Vice City, you know what I'm fucking talking about. It's such BS that you can't swim in that fucking game. So I'll remake it just to add swimming. And I'll erase Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 because it is one of my favorite Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, but as long as I still have 2 and 3, I'm fine. I can live without it. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week as always. What have I been playing over the last week? And then we'll get into Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I've been playing Into the Breach with the new update that just dropped. And I'll be reviewing it on Expansion Pass tomorrow if you want to know more about it. I've been playing a ton of WWE 2K22 with my nephew Ben while he was here staying at the house. I might review that on Expansion Pass next week. I think I'm ready to review that one. Uh, I just finished Silent Hill 3, which we'll be reviewing on the podcast sometime in the next few weeks. It was my first Silent Hill game I played to fruition. And it was pretty good. And if you want to know more about it, you're going to have to listen to that episode of Remember the Game. And then I've been playing Infernax on my uh, Xbox. As a lot of you have been recommending it, it is a retro-inspired indie game that I'm really digging so far. I may or may not review it. We'll see if there's enough meat on the bone when I've done it to give it a full episode. But that's what I've been playing. Uh, and then obviously I was playing Ratchet and Clank, but I'm done that now. So let's talk about it. I like to give you a chance to sound off about the game we're talking about before my guest and I hog the microphone. A lot of comments again this week. I'm going to rip through a few of them quickly here. Bryce Larson said, sorry, not sorry. Ratchet and Clank are the most iconic duo in platforming for me. Spare me the Mario and Luigi argument. Luigi isn't even in a lot of the best Mario platforming games in the first place. The writing in the Ratchet and Clank series is top notch. You attached almost every character, whether they're friend or foe and the weapons, sweet, sweet fucking baby Jesus, those weapons. The only only series in which I have 100%ed each game, even the lesser ones, and it all started here. Fuck yeah for playing tribute to a foundation game in a genre, regardless to how it is aged. So much is owed to this some bitch. I respect that passion. I don't know if I can put Ratchet and Clank ahead of Mario and Luigi, but I don't. Your logic is sound, so I'm not gonna get mad because you're right. Luigi does get fucked a lot, and you're not playing Ratchet without Clank very often. But there's a lot of Mario without Luigi, so fair enough. Tristan Teen the Great said there's a reason this is one of the PS2's big three alongside Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper. It's phenomenal. The gameplay is fun. The visuals still hold up today and the music for every planet reminds you you're not on Earth. I have fond memories playing this as a kid. I could never get past Blackwater City, the water portion, but I've 100%ed it several times since. What a masterpiece. Yeah, it's I listen I don't have a lot like I, I hate two aspects of this game and we're gonna hear about it in a couple of minutes but I this is a very good video game you're not gonna catch shit from me saying it's a masterpiece and giving it perfect scores and stuff you are not I'm not gonna yell at you at all scary Terry Douglas said not the first time writing in but only the second or third thank you for your honesty instead of just saying first time writing in like everybody else fucking does even though they're lying this is one of my all-time favorite franchises the amount of hours I spent playing this game is uncountable I would play every day during the summer between 11th and 12th grade beating it 100% more multiple times i fell out of the franchise after switching to xbox during the ps3 360 era i have since acquired a ps3 and a few of the games but i'm still missing some of them because they're stupid expensive for some reason maybe one day i'll be able to get them in a ps5 to completely catch up anyway this game rules cheers 
dude, they are fucking expensive. Shout out to my pal Darren, my guest this week, for actually lending me a bunch of the OG Ratchet and Clank games from the PS2 and PS3 to play for the show. Fucking, because they are not cheap. And I, I agreed with that. Jesus Christ. And the Lord Corgi wrote in and said, man, this game brings back memories for me. My friend in middle school brought this over during a sleepover and we played on my PS2 from the start of the game until like three in the morning. I made my mom drive me to go buy it for myself the next day. One of my all-time favorite games and series right up there with Jack and Daxter. And well said, listen, I'm a huge Jack and Daxter fan. Many of you have been saying, when are we going to review it on the show? It's coming. I don't know when, but we will review Jack and Daxter. Um, I've never played Sly Cooper. I hadn't played Ratchet and Clank until now. I love the original Jack and Daxter. And as much as it hurts me to admit it, this is probably the better game. Ratchet and Clank is fucking excellent. And we're going to talk about it right now with my buddy Darren Morris. I am going to queue up some Ratchet and Clank music. There it is. And when it stops, my pal Darren and I are going to take you back to November 4th of 2002 and talk the original Ratchet and Clank for the PlayStation 2. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer. You're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast. And then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes. You drop your phone on the delete key. Your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is. Lightning strikes the transmitter. Doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating. Which is why you need backup. Literally. In the form of CrashPlan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals. All for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com RTG. CrashPlan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click clacking away. CrashPlan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around and they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's that's pretty sweet and not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work they can back up unlimited versions of your work so it's like a rewind button realize you screwed something up an hour ago just rewind an hour go find an old version of it and you're just like that you're done you're back to the races it's awesome time is money don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan all right uh joining me via the blank phone this week for one of our prestigious patreon poll winning episodes is a good friend of mine uh, returning guest of the show, the guy that lent me Ratchet and Clank, and the guy that has been on me to play this game, God, I want to say since pre-COVID. Like, it's been that like long. like 2019. Yeah. yeah. Like, long time. I think I brought it up after that first Simpsons Bard's Nightmare. I'm like, you should do Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, you it's have. It's been up there with, like, Spyro and stuff. <laughs> like, the same breath, yeah. It is, uh, I sh- it's my buddy Darren, uh, fellow comedian from the great city of Calgary. How's it going, buddy? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's hot as fuck. Oh, but it's 
brutal. And I don't even want to complain because you and I live in Alberta and I know there's a lot of places on this planet that are way hotter than us right now, but it's still, I think everyone listening to this is probably hot right now. Uh, but that means it's a great time to stay inside in the air conditioning and play video games, which is what I have been doing because I finally, finally played your precious Ratchet and Clank. And before we get into <laughs> what we think of this game and anything, because I have a lot of good things. I Listen, I'm not going to shit on it. I like this game way more than I dislike it. A couple of little yeah, things, want- but I like this game. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, shut up. Yeah, you heard my feelings. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you're not too attached to that final boss. But other than that, I don't have a lot of problems with this game. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you, because I'm fairly new. I've played the, 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 the I don't want to call it the remake, the reimagining of this game on the PS4. And then I played, yeah. and then I played Rift Apart on the PS5. Those are the only Ratchet and Clank games I've played other than this one. You're hardcore, so yeah. I'll shut up for a minute and just, yeah. What's the story? Why are you? What's what? What is it about this wombat or whatever he is and this robot that you like so much? I think the the thing I like about the most is like the storyline with the humor and the characters and stuff like that. Like it's legitimately funny. Like the, the writers and stuff did a great job with the jokes, whether it be like kind of the, uh, the childish kind of play on words with characters like skid McMarks and stuff like that, (laughs) or what it's just kind of, it's like, it's been something that's been kind of funny to me ever since it came out. And I kind of grew up with like, I know I've been on the podcast before about Crash Bandicoot and like Spyro and stuff. Yeah. And as I kind of grew into the next system from the PS1 to the PS2, the natural progression would be I get into like Ratchet and Clank. And I think for me, it was just like the game's got everything. Like it's, and and I know some of those things are things you, you told me you don't like about it as well, but like, it's got like, different types of game modes within the game like several things whether it be like a uh, like a puzzle game or a racing or like the flying or a stealth missions and stuff like it's all over like it's it hits like so many different genres within the game it looks like you're playing like a pixar movie yeah it does and just like i feel like the voice actors and stuff do a really good job with it as well um it's just that it's just the weapons are kind of fun and different like they're very eclectic like I think I texted you a while back when we knew we were going to be recording this. I'm like, I, I was streaming it. And one of my viewers who's like big on to like Nintendo stuff, he's like, well, what's a game like this for Nintendo? And I'm yeah. like, I can't think of anything. It's kind of unique in a way in that like just the various amount of weapons you have, the kind of the childish yet to adult humor kind of like it's just it's. I feel like it's a very unique game You're right. and it's just every time it's one of those games that I can pick up anytime, play it beginning to end and it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get old. Like yeah. it's, uh, you, you, you know what, dude, that's a great, you know, what's funny about you saying that is this is not a diss on this game at all, but every time I sat down to play this, like for a session, for whatever reason, I was like, I don't feel like playing this today, but then I'd start playing it. And then before I knew it, like three hours were gone. Like yeah. it just, yeah. Like it, it's because I do think at times it, and I felt like this with all the Ratchet and Clank games I've played, I felt at times they do get repetitive, but not in a negative sense. Like I don't get bored. I'm like, I want to keep using these stupid, weird weapons and fighting these robots. And like, it just, I never, I don't know what it is about it. It's got a very addictive gameplay, like loop to it when like, you're doing the example, shooting and stuff, you know? Well, yeah. When I was, uh, when I was like going over and playing it again, beginning to end to prepare for this episode, uh, there'd be times where would be like, Oh, I, 
I got to get to bed by this hour. Um, I'm just going to do one of the missions or one of the worlds beginning to end. And then before I knew it, it was like two or three later. I'm like, Oh, what's going on? I just kept on going. So it's, uh, and you know, well, I was just going to say, I wanted to get back to one thing you pointed out because you talked about how like, you know, you're a big crash span and Spyro, Spyro and, and you and I have talked about things like that. I, I've said on this podcast, like I missed out on a lot of PS2 games because like this game came out in 2002. I was 19 years old. That was my phase where I was going to the bars. And oh yeah, for all of you that live in like the US, here in Alberta, you can drink when you're 18. Like as I know, it's 21 where some of you like, yeah, like at 19, I was a bar veteran at that point. And I missed a lot of PS2 games, but like I loved the PS1 and everybody loved the PS2. Like the PlayStation 2 is statistically the greatest video game console of all time. Like it's the best selling. It's got the biggest legacy. Everyone that grew up with it loved the PS2. And as I catch up on games that I missed out on, I get it because I truly think the PS1 was revolutionary but I really think that like the reason the PS1 was revolutionary was because it just Nintendo 64, as much as I love some games on the 64, the 64 was a very childish system. The PlayStation was like, we're mature. Like we have Metal Gear Solid and we have Twisted Metal and we have Resident Evil and Final Fantasy 7. And yeah, it had the crashes and the Spyros. It just felt like a more evolved, advanced system compared to the Nintendo 64. And the PS2, I think, is really where PlayStation found their identity and really became the powerhouse that I think they still are today. And I've said it many times. I think the PlayStation exclusive lineup stacks as up against anyone in gaming. I, I will go, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, but I will go as far as to say PlayStation's exclusive lineup can stand toe to toe with Nintendo's. Like, I think they've, yeah. like, they have put so much work into it. And I know that today some people dunk on PlayStation and say all of their exclusives are the same third-person, over-the-shoulder action games, which, personally, I fucking love, so never stop making I those. feel... I, can I argue with you on that for a second? Oh, I yeah, and for the record, I don't, I don't feel that way. I'm just oh, saying, no, no, I, I know I that's feel, the reputation, but... I, I agree if you take, like, the collective library of PlayStation and the collective library of Nintendo. Yes, it goes head to head but there's a big gap in this type of game with like current generation or even a back to ps4 like if you look at the kind of history of ratchet and clank like you have six ratchet and clank games for the ps2 six ratchet and clank games for the ps3 and then they have one for the ps4 one for the ps5 yeah and you can do that exact same math almost with like crash bandicoot in a way where they had like three crash bandicoots for the ps1 and then they had variations i want to say four for the ps2 and then by the time like they get the current generation they've had the one yeah like so playstation's moved away from the kind of games like this and like even today even like while all the other like playstation exclusives like uncharted and stuff like i'm still more playstation than xbox or anything i kind of look at nintendo as its own thing altogether but um I do feel that PlayStation's kind of moved away from this. This is why I'm like so much more nostalgic about like the Ratchet and Clank games now. Yeah, but I like I and I agree with you. Like I wish they like I will say maybe and I don't know, maybe part of the reason we're getting fewer of these now is because they just take longer to make than they used to. I don't know. Like I assume Rift Apart was a much like that's the PS5 Ratchet Clank for those of you that don't know. I assume that was a, a substantially bigger undertaking than 
Ratchet and Clank I mean, for the like, PS2 or whatever, you know. But but I feel like there's been four Assassin's Creed. Oh fuck! Like Don't even get me fucking like, started. You know, on like, that. yes, I it's do. It's kind of like it, it's like you kind of look at the dates of all the Ratchet and Clank games. It's yeah. like but one I, every year from like 2002 to like 2013. Agreed. And then they just vanished. Yeah. But like that's my. But that's kind of what I'm like when you look at the. I I really think. And maybe and like this is this is a safe take, but like the PS2 is why PlayStation has been on top of gaming for 25 years. Like I know the PlayStation kicked the Nintendo 64's ass, but the PlayStation 2 kicked everything's ass. And I've yeah. always been of the mindset of like, well, the reason that that system sold so well is because of the DVD player. And I'll still argue to the death. That the DVD player was the single biggest reason the PS. That's why I bought it. Like I, I also I think it has a lot to do with like just the prices of the games. Too. Sure, absolutely. Like but I, I remember trading my N sixty four in for a PlayStation because I could get a greatest hit PlayStation game for twenty dollars. Right. When the cheapest N sixty four games are still like fifty dollars used at Rogers or Blockbuster Video. Yeah, no <laughs> question. But I yeah. think that games like this are like. This is why PlayStation is... These are the games. Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. Like, I know they also had stuff like Grand Theft Auto and things like that, but, like, dude, you could not launch a system today and create all of these quote-unquote childish Pixar-style games and expect to compete with indies and Nintendo and stuff like that. But back then, this... I'm telling you right now, dude, you said it. You're like, what Nintendo game is like Ratchet & Clank? And there isn't one. And you know what this is? I, and I don't give... like. And I'm, an, again, Nintendo fanboy. Games like this, these are PlayStation going right into Nintendo's fucking house and being like, we can do this just as well as you. And the they fucking game- did it. I was going to say, I did one game did just come to mind that is similar ish, but it's like a 2D side scroller, and that's Mega Man, sort of. Sure. But, like, but yeah. I mean, like to do the 3D with the humor, because you said it, like, the reason Pixar movies are so big is because an adult can take a kid to a Pixar movie and you both have fun. Yeah. And playing this game, if I had played this game when I was 10, I would have had a great time with it. Playing this game as a 38-year-old, it made me laugh out loud a few times. It handled pretty well. It was silly, but not too silly. It was just, I'm like, dude, and you're right. Things like Sly Cooper and this, and I've been begging for a new Jack and Daxter game forever. Like, at least Ratchet and Clank still exists. Like, it got a PS4 game. It got a PS5 game. I think Sly Cooper is getting a new one, I heard. I I mean, I hope so. I I want so many of these franchises revitalized. PlayStation has gotten away from this because their MO has become the third-person action game, and that's fine. I like those games. But, man, is it fun to go back and play a game like this. And I'm just... I guess the whole, in a, in a very roundabout way, the point I'm trying to make is I get why the PS2 is so successful now, and it's not just the DVD player. As, yeah. as, it's, it's Some of these games are really fucking good. And playing this game for the first time, uh, so I, and we'll get into I want to quickly tell this story, but I tried to play it on my PS3, my backwards compatible PS3, uh, which you hooked me up with, by the way, so shout out to yeah. Aaron. And it was running at like eight frames per second. Like it was barely moving. And I was streaming it and I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was like, everyone says this game is awesome. What the hell is this? So then we Googled it. And if you don't know this, uh, listeners, there is the odd PS1 or PS2 game that works on a backwards compatible PS3, but doesn't run very well. And this was one of them. So then I went out and bought a PS2 for like 30 bucks, a used slim PS2, just to play this game. And then it was running at full speed. And when I was playing it at like running properly, outside of the fact that I know it's a PS2 game, you could have easily convinced me this was a PS3 game at minimum. Like Mm -hmm. I was really, bro, this is like, 
Holy the graphics crap. are clean. Dude, the sound is good. It like, is a clean yeah. video game. It runs silky smooth. It looks great. The voice acting, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. The voice acting in this game is better than the voice acting in Final Fantasy X. And, like, I know everybody loves Final Fantasy X. Don't come at me. The voice acting in this game is better. And, you know, ironic thing is that the voice of Ratchet in modern Ratchet and Clank games is the guy that voiced Titus in Final Fantasy X, and I fucking hate Titus. And the voice actor of whoever did Ratchet in this game killed it. I thought Ratchet, because Ratchet and Clank almost don't like each other for most of this game. Oh, it's, it's, and it was it's awesome. Like they, were forced, they were forced into this, like, fret not even a friendship they're forced to work with it it's like when you get when you get put on shift with the guy you hate and you're like we're gonna have to, we, we have eight hours here we have to make the best of this yeah and it's like they just like kind of the snippy back and forth they're like yeah it's and, and it's so fun. it's so weird because playing the reimagining of this game and then playing rift apart uh they get along great they're best friends and I had heard people. Yeah. T- I heard people talk about how in the early days they didn't like each other, and I'm like, I just don't see it. And even at the very at the very beginning of this game, like when Clank crashes on Ratchet's planet and they kind of form it, like they seem to get along well enough. And then they start snipping at each other, and I I started to see it, and it added. I thought it was so much more enjoyable to hear them kind of chirp each other, and they had different uh, objectives, like you know, like like yeah. Clank wants to stop. Drek, Drek. and ratchet wants to go after quark and i and like they're fighting with each other about it and it added so much to like they're two such like i love clank i fucking love clank but they're such charming characters and it just made I, for- well it's like you got you got ratchet who's like just the, too cool for anything and then clank's like the annoying know-it-all for everything yeah and they just don't jive like it, it would be like a school project where you have the cool kid with the nerd and they do not want to be together yeah no, exactly. Yeah. And they, they play off each other really, really well. And, like, sometimes, because Clank, like, I don't want to call him the straight man of the group because he makes his little comments and he's got his shifty eyes that crack me up and stuff like that. But he is, like, obviously the, the brains of the team and the more mature of the two of them and stuff like that. And sometimes that guy can be boring, but Clank is fucking awesome. I love that little bastard so much. Like, there's... I remember one comment where it was, like, something about there being more oxygen or something, and Clank's like, well, maybe that will allow your brain to function more properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way they just, like, stare at each other or like there was one where you meet this um this female like uh, mechanic or robot whatever i don't know yeah 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 yeah. and she's like and she's like hitting on clank and clank's like totally just loving it she's calling him cute and stuff and ratchet's just getting pissed off that he's getting left off to the side i actually like their rapport in this i mean i get that by by the by the ps4 ratchet and clank or by rift apart they've been together forever so of course they're friends but like well like yeah it was more fun watching them kind of chirp each other the whole game because the PS4 one, even though they call it the reboot of the first, the PS4 one has an understanding that all this other stuff has already happened. Right. Like uh, Dr. Nefarious is in the reboot when he's not in this one. Right. And it's like, so they have all these other characters and kind of memories that they expect the person playing it to already be familiar with. But yeah, no, it's uh, they definitely don't like each other early on. No. And like, Dude, is there like I mean, uh, the buddy, the buddy pick, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, the buddy game, like the duo system, works so well when the two characters mesh with each other. And like, I, I, I know, I, have you played Jack and Daxter, the Jack and Daxter I, games? I, I'm not as crazy uh, of the of the Sly Cooper, Ratchet Clank, and uh, Jack and Daxter. The Jack and Daxter is definitely on the bottom for okay. me. Okay, well that and yeah. like, listen, Jack Two and Jack Three both kind of suck. 
So like that's that's totally because they became like Grand Theft Auto wannabes and I don't love them. But I love the first one. But my beef with the first one is that Jack doesn't talk. Like Daxter's the big mouth. Jack doesn't say anything. And it mm-hmm. works and they play off each other well. But this is just so much more charming. Like the way the two of them beak at each other and the way they need each other. Like obviously Ratchet's the muscle and he's the one running around and shooting all the guns and swinging the wrench and stuff. But the way Clank is this like propeller and jetpack and motorboat and everything on his back it just and like like you mentioned there's one i can't remember but there's the one planet you go to where ratchet can't get out of the ship because there's no oxygen so you can only play yeah, yeah. and then there's Drax one old planet yeah yeah and then there's one place you go where i can't remember why but for some reason clank can't leave the there's ship. a storm it's a storm yeah right and, and he gets struck by like, lightning he gets, he gets struck by lightning yeah he's got like an antenna on his head yeah uh, i thought that was really clever too and like and the fact that they didn't lean on that too much um like they didn't there wasn't like a a half the planets in the game where you're only playing as one or the other there's literally like one planet each that is something i didn't like on the newer ones like the rift apart is where it'd be like uh where you'd go off with clank just being clank doing his clank things by himself yeah playability wise clank is the more boring of the character absolutely he is yeah so it's like it, it, that would kind of suck. So I think the first one they did a lot better with not leaning into that separate side part as yeah. much. Yeah, the clank levels in all the games are kind of lame at best. Like they're puzzle yeah, games, he, and I don't love them. Uh, this one was okay, I guess, because you're like collecting the robots and you're like, do, but, and it's not as long. No, but they're still just like, like to me. And we'll get into some of the other spin-off levels and the other, like, the hoverboarding and the, sh- the spaceships and stuff like that. But, like, to me, like, the heart of this game is the is the fun weapons, the stupid zany weapons. Um, yeah. And you can't use them when you're just Clank. Like, then it just becomes a puzzle game. And I'm like, I want to use these, like, to me, like, in every Ratchet Clank game I've played, the funnest part. If you've never played them, they're, they're third-person action games, 3D, uh, third-person shooters. But, like, Ratchet can swing a wrench like he's got a a standard melee weapon that he can use as much as he wants and then as the game progresses you get the chance to buy like fucking tons of different weapons that range from just like automatic automatic laser pistols to uh fucking decoy balloons that look like you that you shoot out that'll attract enemies to my personal favorite which is the doom glove with the little mr dooms yeah where you launch like this little bomb and then all these little like crazy robots come out of it and go fight the enemies for you that's my favorite weapon in the game uh i i love like every time i have enough bolts to buy a new weapon i'm excited to, i just like i just want to see what the new weapon does like that's I was a little the bit disappointed part. when i bought the taunter i'm still not quite sure what that does the only yeah dude the only time <laughs> the only that's so like if you've never so the taunter is this fucking weapon you take it out and it basically just like i don't know if i can whistle into the microphone if it'll pick it up but it's like and then like yeah. enemies will come running towards you and the only time i found it useful was when enemies were on the other side of a ledge and i could use it to call them over and then like lob a couple of bombs over there but like yeah. it just felt like they just wanted to they had like that grid of like 18 weapons or whatever and it just felt like they they were at like 16 and they're like well we need a couple more to make it look clean what else can we put in here cuz yeah that one's useless yeah. um i wanted to ask so my other favorite weapon is the whopper the glove I use that thing so much because you don't have to have ammo for it. And if so you know what? I like I like the the I actually don't use, I didn't buy that one until like the very end after I finished the game and was just like spending my excess bolts. Yeah, yeah. Uh but the one I really liked which was like not a crazy one is the suck cannon. Yeah, I, like, I, I like the suck could, cannon too. You could clear out Okay, 
oh, sorry. Well, I know you want to talk about the uh, final boss later, but so I'll wait on that. But with the suck can, you can kind of clear out all these like small air, like small enemies so quickly without yeah. having to really do anything. They just suck in and they disappear. So right. like the suck cannon was one of my, fa- I like the devastator. I often use that as a, uh, almost as a sniper. Yeah. But times. that was like, and that was, out oh that fucking final ball we'll get there the thing that i hated the most and like and i was texting you about while i was playing the game the thing about because it's about the devastator that's where i wanted to go with that is like it's tough sometimes when i play a retro game for the first time because it's not fair to compare a ps2 game to a ps5 game and be like why doesn't it do what the ps5 game does and i understand that and so when it comes to reviewing it i have to cut it a little bit of slack and be like well that was the style at the time uh as you know, like the onion on the belt, shout out to Nick that reference. And the, the only thing that bugs me about this was the devastator was rad. Cause you're right. It was a sniper rifle kind of thing, but it shot like giant missiles. I loved it because this game kind of gets tough right near the end. And the devastator is a godsend for taking out enemies in the distance, but you can't go to your crosshairs and still move. You're stuck in place while you're trying to line up your shot. Yeah. And motherfuck, it drove me crazy when I was in range for an enemy and I was trying to light up my shot, but then they're shooting at me and I'm like, I got about one second to get the shot lined up and get the fire, get the missile off before their shot hits me. And it's not like you have tons of health in this game. And that was the yeah, only, no, the only thing that really bugged me was that I hated the, it. Well, the Visibom one or whatever, same thing sort of where it's kind of like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like when you're, did you did you get that weapon it was one of the more I did. expensive ones. I didn't okay. really use it though, but I got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh well anyway, it's like you use it and it's like this kind of goes into this like kind of green night vision look and you can kind of guide you're basically driving the missile to where yeah. you want it to go. But the thing is is while you're using that the enemies and stuff can still shoot at you. Yeah. And what's weird is like you'd shoot it and then you'd be like so close to hitting your target and the second you get hit it like abandons and it's yeah. not like the and the thing that's weird is like the the missile like disappears as well yeah <laughs> like it, it, yeah you it, don't it, even get like, the benefit of the doubt that it'll keep going in a straight line or something you're just yeah dead. no it just vanishes so that was one that was kind of weird that got a little bit annoying um at times but uh i definitely use the devastator a lot kind of as a sniper rifle because i know one thing you, one of your issues you mentioned uh by text before was the controls yeah and how you can't uh, move around while you are like aiming and stuff. So often what I would do is I'd kind of know that that was a part of it. So, well, you could still like run forward and shoot at things, no problem. But um, with that, what I would do is I'd start kind of playing a different style, whereas I'll use the Devastator to clear out an entire area best I can before I even get in there. Or I just spam the Glove of Doom because I know that, it's going to be hard for me to aim while I'm getting attacked by all these other things. So yeah. the glove of doom is kind of like this little safety, uh, six feet each direction. No one comes near me yeah. while I'm able oh. to kind of take care of other stuff. So that, like that fucking level where you're in the like resort and you're on the boats and those like little water piranhas are, are coming up. Uh, I didn't have the suck cannon yet. So that's what I was oh, relying okay. on the glove of doom. And you're on this like little ship and you really don't have much room to move around at all. And you basically just have to defend the, the, the driver of the boat while these fucking piranha things are jumping up on the boat. And yeah, that's where I was throwing the glove of doom out and then just letting those guys do the work for me. And I was just swinging my wrench if they came close, but 
it's not bad. And again, I, I don't even know if it's fair to criticize it because it probably runs pretty well for a PS2 game. It's just hard to go back to playing something like that sometimes after well, years of playing modern stuff. If I recall the commercials back on Much Music in the day when I'd see it is, I think I remember them even advertising in either, it was either for Going Commando or Up Your Arsenal, which is probably the best one of all of them. But like... Uh, they even advertise like, and you can shoot while strife while strifing and oh, going God. back and forth side. So it's funny that they actually advertise That's that as genius. A, one of the perks in one of their commercials. Like, oh, look, you can attack while you're running sideways. That's like, genius. That would be like a fucking. That would be like an RPG that doesn't let you buy items in bulk. You have to buy them one at a time. Saying in their new advertisement, like, and you can buy in bulk. Like, if you want, <laughs> if you want ten Phoenix Downs, buy them all at once. They'd be like, "Wow, yeah." If I saw that commercial after playing this game, I would have bought the next one without question. I would. I hope like, you yes. eventually get to the. I hope I you will. eventually get to the other ones. I will. Like, I'm a fan. Like, I, I'm three for three. Like, I don't don't mistake me dumping on these the, the the not being able to move while I'm shooting for like hating the game. I really enjoyed playing this, and the thing yeah. about it is like. Not only is it charming, and we haven't even gotten to the enemies yet because I love Chairman Drek, and we'll get there. But, like, no, I love the, the variety of all your different weapons. And I'm the type of person that never uses is Like, when I play Mega Man, I just use my Mega Buster, like, 90% of the time because I never want to use up my ammo in case I need it later. And then have you ever seen the meme of Captain America? And he's, like, talking to the camera, and he's like, so you finish the game, and you still have all your most powerful items. Or something like that. Because I'm that guy. I finish games without using anything. You have oh, yeah. to use your weapons in these games. And it re yeah, constantly no, replenishes like, your ammo. And that's the fun, is using the well, different weapons and stuff like that. And it well, never the gets thing repetitive. is, is the, the different weapons also are... I was, gonna, I was making the comparison to Mega Man earlier just because, like, there are some levels that are a lot easier oh. if you use a certain weapon, right? Yes. So um, that that's why I was kind of using that as the comparison, yeah. sort of. Um and Did you? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, the other thing that keeps it from getting stale is not just the different weapons, but like, you travel to—I don't know how many planets it is. I'm gonna guess a dozen or so, maybe more. Um, and none, no, like, you're kind minus the odd level where you're doing the hoverboarding and stuff. You're doing a lot of the same, just going from area to area, fighting wave after wave of enemy. But between the the varied levels and the various uh, weapons, it never. I think that's where like it one hour turns into three hours. It never gets old. You go from like a swamp to like uh, a beach resort to a factory to like a city in the sky to, and like they all look and just feel so different. You know what I mean? Well, with the music and stuff too, yes. they did a good job with that. Um, what I was going to say about what I really liked about the level layout, as you bring up the different worlds is most of them, it would kind of be like, You've got this one area, you you land where your ship is, and there's like different routes you can go. And more often than not, like the level kind of like brings you back in a circle back to your ship when you're done. Oh. And then yes. you know that you've completed that section of the level. Yes. And there's no reason for you to go back that way. And then you look, oh, there's another one. So now I'll go that way. I and then it's just kind of I, I just really liked how the levels were kind of just set up that way then other be a random one where be you get to the end it's like take this cab back to your ship or whatever but, but i love that uh, I, I like because it does there is backtracking in this game and there is like it's got i don't want to call it a metroidvania because it's not a metroidvania but it does have those metroid elements of like you'll get to a part and it'll be like you need um 
I well, remember that the Hall of Guys is not it. on this planet. Yeah. You need to go to another planet. <laughs> There's this awesome gadget you can get in this game where it turns Ratchet into this stupid looking like awesome Clank. all from South Park style robot. And then and then the other robots won't attack you. And if you hit circle, you wave at them. And then they'll and they like, let you through. Yeah, they'll let you through. And it's so fucking charming. But like you get to an area, and that's just one of four or five different examples of this. You'll get to an area and it says you need the hollow guys, which isn't on this planet. So you do have to backtrack to another planet to get it. But when you backtrack to another planet, it's pretty obvious, like it's pretty easy to tell what planet you have to go to to go find these items. And then once you get that item, you know you can go back to this planet, open up the map, and be like, oh, of the three possible routes, the left one is the one I haven't gone on before. That's obviously the one I need the metal boots or the holla guys or whatever or to go on and do. Or the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then what I love about because like backtracking can drive me fucking insane. Insane. But it's with a purpose on this. Like, it is with a that, purpose. And that's one of the issues I had with Metroid Dread is it was like you would never know, like you wouldn't know where you'd have to go in that game. Right. I feel well, and that one, this one, it's yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like to be fair, Metroid is designed a little more about yeah, getting lost and finding. But I agree with you. What I hate is when I go through a whole area and then I have to like, you know, like when you beat a temple in a video game and then you have to walk back through the temple to get out. I hate that. Yeah. And this game, I totally forgot about it till you said it. The Ratchet and Clank games are fucking cash money for you beat the area and then guaranteed there's going to be a sewer pipe you can go down to get back to the beginning or even something as cheesy as just a taxi floating there saying go back to your ship. And sure, maybe it's not the cleverest way of taking you back to your ship, but I'll take that over having to walk back through an empty level all day. Like, fuck oh, yeah, 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 I'll hop I, on the ship. That was something I, I wrote down that I really liked was just the design of it. Yeah. And then just with the... um uh the music that they would have for each one as well just how the level like granted this is kind of the time that the game came out but i feel like there's a couple levels that had like these almost like techno soundtracks where it sounded like it was made by like it sounded like a crystal method kind of song yeah where it was like oh it's like it almost be like oh i've heard this before somewhere or some but it was like for like the robot levels they would have like these more like kind of fast-paced techno ones and then you'd go to the the beach resort and it sounds like it's like you're at a uh like in hawaii or whatever with the kind of like tropical music sound to it and like they all had very different uh they they had different like enemies in each one of yep. the levels they had different music and it was kind of like so even though you're going to do the same thing every time they were different it kept it fresh and just kind of what you were supposed to be doing yeah it felt like maybe i don't know if this is a accurate comparison but like i think those of you that are longtime listeners of the show know how highly or how high of praise this is like when i play mario uh, like a classic mario game i know that i'm going through the eight worlds and all eight worlds are going to consist of me jumping on bad guys and blah 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 but the way they look different and sound different they just keep it a little they, they keep it fresh this game is on that level like no two worlds feel the same it never gets repetitive. Like you said, the music, dude, this is a game that is worth playing with the music, the the volume up the entire time. The music is excellent. The sound effects are even solid. The voice acting is outstanding. And I don't know why they got rid of whoever voiced Ratchet, but they shouldn't have because I like it better than the modern Ratchet. And uh, boy, what can you say? Oh no, it's an old game. He could have died. Yeah. Well, let's hope. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Thanks for fucking buzzkill, Darren. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not going to look that up because I don't want to fucking know. <laughs> I'm going to just assume that he's moved on to bigger and better things. Um, and he's voicing like audiobooks now or something. Okay, so speaking of the voice actors, there's one character in particular. And I don't know if what I'm going to say makes any sense to you because I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. Uh, but there's one character that reminds me exactly of Jamie Foxx's character in Horrible Bosses, uh, Motherfucking Jones. Yeah, I do know Motherfucker Jones. Do you remember the guy that sells the rhino weapon? Oh, I never got the rhino. That's like that the final weapon. But, in the but game, did you right? talk to the guy? You talked to the oh, guy. Oh yeah, like the oh the salesman. The salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. <laughs> every time every time I'd see the salesman, just like even like you could probably look up a clip on YouTube of just him, but it's like it sounds exactly like he's so sarcastic he kind of for the you simpsons fans as i know there's a lot of you he kind of reminds me of the like ooh, ooh, like that sarcastic guy you know like that like he's just he's such a wise like he'd be like hey fuzzball and then like like you look at a weapon he's like oh that's a good one oh no i'm not i'm not talking about sorry no no no, i'm not talking about the weapons dealer no it's like the uh the world where blackwater city I can't play. I I mean I so here's the thing is I played nine tenths of the game before I left for holidays and then finished it when I got back. Okay. So oh, I I'm dude. trying to remember. I don't remember that guy. I don't know who you're talking about now. Oh, I wish I had it like queued up here. No, it's like he's uh in the Blackwater City area. He sells you the rhino. He's kind of like this black market arms dealer thing. Like he's he's like you don't talk about seeing me and all this stuff oh, or okay. whatever. Okay. No, but I he's like okay. Oh, just like his mannerisms and how he talks and what his voice sounds like and just like his facial expressions. He he reminds me of that character from Horrible Bosses. Oh, oh. I'm feel I feel stupid. For bringing it up, no, no, but that's but to me. Maybe that's someone a, listening knows what I'm talking about. That's um, a to me. That's a testament to how good the voice acting is in this game, though. Is like you loved him. I loved the arms manager. We still have Ratchet and Clank. There's still Drek. There's still uh, Skid Mark. Marks. Skid Marks. Yeah, like there's like the voice acting in this game is really, oh, it really is Pixar esque. Like it's that good. Quickly too, I just want to say I looked up the voice of the original Ratchet is Mikey Kelly who is still alive. And oh, I think the reason that I like Mikey Kelly so much is he was the voice of Michelangelo in the computer animated TMNT movie. And oh. maybe that's why I like him so much is because he's Michelangelo. But anyways, funny uh, when you go, it's funny when you go down those rabbit holes of like the voice actors from video games, you find oh, out yeah. it's like the same guy who does them all. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same person. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to, sh- so while we're on the, the, the topic of the characters and the voice actors, uh, fuck, I, I love the fucking, just the regular sales guy. He's like, so you gonna buy something or what? Like he's got some becomes, great deals for you. Yeah, yeah, he's just such a smart ass. Um, obviously, there's so if you've never played the game, the really I won't spoil it. I mean the the spoiler Ratchet and Clank saved the world. Like that's the story or the universe or whatever. But basically, there's like this Chairman Drek is like the main enemy, and he's like this sleazy little businessman. And basically, him and his people have polluted their planet to the point of where they can't live on it anymore. And so he wants to create a new planet for his people, and he's going to destroy a bunch of other planets in the process. That's the very big long and short of the of the the storyline. And uh, he's kind of a cliche villain, Chairman Drek, because he's like he's really little, and he looks like a grease ball, and he's just evil with the evil laughs. And sometimes he'll say like his sinister plans, and then realize like the camera's still looking at like you know like that kind of classic stuff. Um, yeah. But it works. Like he's, I just think he's he's perfect. 
He is, and it's almost keeping in mind that this game came out 20 years ago. And the idea that this evil villain is like, we've polluted our planet so much. We're going to destroy other planets and build a new one for us to live on. And I'm like that... that all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social commentary of kind of what there's actually a few parts of that in this game where there's like a social commentary of things. Like, absolutely. Uh, did you get to the, did you hundred percent the game or no? No, I did not. No. Like, I mean, the missions, not like all the bolts. Um, I think I was like very close. I was missing. I Maybe I did. I, I want to say did there was you, one that I didn't go back and do, but I don't remember. But it was did close. You, uh, did you get the guy that um, he had one of the info bots? I really like the info. I'll talk about the info bot thing after. Um, but the uh, the guy who was like, oh, I signed up for the army because I thought I would pay for my school. I never thought I'd have to fight a war. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I'm like. <laughs> This game came out in 2002. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, yeah, like year after, like all that stuff was like probably very big concerns in the U.S. and stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting take on it. Uh, what I was going to say was the Infobots. I liked how they kind of used those, like the cinematics actually kind of drove the plot. Totally. If you never, like, if it's just if you've never played it, you come across these. Just about every planet, at some point, you come across an Infobot. Either you find one or someone will sell. Usually someone sells one to you or whatever. Um, and they they almost look like those old Viewmaster things from when you were a kid, but with like a body. And then basically it goes to like a cutscene to tell you where you're going next. I just wanted to, in case someone hasn't played it. Go oh, ahead. yeah. Go yeah. ahead. But I, I just really liked how that kind of would, those would often be quite funny themselves, whether yeah. they kind of were like replicating like, uh, like war propaganda commercials or um, just kind of like direct talking or whatever, but it would kind of really tie the actual storyline and kind of drive what's happening so that they would constantly use those to kind of push the story forward. Yeah. I felt it was kind of like a neat way to kind of have you need to collect the thing to get to the next part yeah, and know what's going on. It's it just, they're a lot more entertaining than simply coming across a character and having them be like, Oh, the part you need for this is on planet rocket ship. Go there. Like instead you get to watch these fun little cutscenes and stuff. And the fact that, yeah, like they're, they're almost done in a way where like sometimes they knew they were filming. Sometimes they almost, it's not that they didn't know they were filming, but like they didn't think anyone would ever see it. Like they're sometimes they're propaganda. Like they're really clever. And I got to say, I fucking love captain Quark. Like I, he's, <laughs> he reminds me of Zap Brannigan from, or whatever his name was from Futurama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like, if you've never played it, Captain Quark is, like, this big, robust superhero that's on TV, and Ratchet wants to go find him because he thinks he'll help them, uh, you know, stop Drek, and then he finds out Quark's crooked, and he's working for Drek, and uh, he's kind of cowardly. Like, in every Ratchet and Clank game I've played, I've loved Captain Quark. I Oh, yeah, he's, he's so he's funny. He's just a hot mess in every single one of them, yeah, too. Just a big he kind of reminds me of the... Uh, I don't know if it's just because of the voice or whatever. It reminds me a lot of the Captain Blasto. Did you ever do a Captain Blasto episode? No, I have not. Dibs. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, he kind of reminds that same character. Like, just this, like, upside-down triangle body. And he's just, like, super, uh, like over-the-top arrogant and thinks he's God's gift. Zap Brannigan's a good... Yeah, yeah he good. is. Totally. Just a piece of shit i i love him i love him like i can't did get you, oh, of did you get to the part where uh it was on the planet where uh clank couldn't go anywhere because of the storm yeah and he comes across him and he's like hi i'm captain uh steve and he's like selling um 
he he's like he's the arms dealer guy that's selling all the weapons and stuff but it looks like an old like lemonade stand that your stupid neighbor yeah. would put at a garage sale <laughs> and it's like he's just like oh uh no i'm not cork i'm steve yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> you're like the biggest just... most famous guy in the galaxy and you're so obvious like you look so you're so distinct to see, like come on man i it, you know what i would love to see they'll never do it but i would love to see what they could do with ratchet and clank if they went adult with it like they'll never do it but i'd love to like i think their humor would work really well oh i think so too if they went mature with one of these games they'll never do it but i i'd love to see them try it well I, I think we'll be lucky if we see another one in the next five years to be I honest too. i do too although <laughs> yeah although i thought i don't know i liked I, I liked Rift Apart. I do. I do think I liked the PS4 Ratchet and Clank better than Rift Apart, but I liked Rift Apart. It was. It was good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody: your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me when you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day but the point is we all need relationships and unfortunately they're not always easy they take work my substantially better half and i have put more work into our relationship than just about anything i've ever touched and that's how she's been able to stand me for so long it's give and take and therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Um, but that's the thing is like, again, I haven't played the whole series like you, but in the three games I've played, the combat has been fun in all three. The exploration has been, it, they're linear games, but like with some exploration. I love that it's, it's not a giant open world. I like that they break it into smaller planets and then you can explore those smaller planets at your leisure. I, I much prefer that to one giant open world. Cause I could do a clean sweep of a planet and then move on. Um, and it changes up the scenery often enough. The, the one other thing I really wanted to get into with this game is sometimes for better, occasionally for worse. And it's a personal preference thing. Uh, it's one of those games where they don't just, do the same thing every time it's not just a third person shooter slash melee game they throw in all kinds of mini games like racing and there's like some space dog like dog fight style things like star fox style where you're flying around and ships fighting each other there's and like i think that defense. I, yeah and i think they hit to various degrees like i'm just gonna say it for the record i don't think the spaceship flying around shooting other things levels are bad but i hate i just don't like those types of games so I found those levels so tedious. Like I was like, I don't like, I knew that I was what I was going to have to do when like ratchet was like, well, I can drive that ship. And I was just like, God damn it. Now we're going to do it. Like I, I understand that they just wanted to change up the formula and make things fun. I'm just curious. Like, did you, cause I don't like, I, I wouldn't like those in any game. 
I just don't I enjoy those. I, so in general, those I kind of I feel more about I feel more negatively about like the independent clank missions than I do these. Like the independent clank missions to me kind of remind me of I don't know if you ever got in Final Fantasy eight where I it's sure like you're, yeah. you're you're kind of trucking along the plot and then all of a sudden it's like boom you're gonna be laguna for 45 minutes it's yeah, like yeah. oh come on i was just anyway so that's how i feel with like those kind of levels in general but i feel in this one in particular they space them out enough that it's not and they're not like difficult no they're not um, they're they're almost laughably easy like they're not hard at all um, actually, i kind of sucked at the tower defense one a couple times but um i do feel like yeah, no, I, I, I kind of like the collection of the different things. The only thing I didn't wasn't crazy about was like the hoverboard race one where you have to finish first. See, and that and must if you suck, and if you suck at that kind of thing, that could screw you over. It could, and that's where like it must be different tastes because like I, I could live without the the shooting those those spaceship levels. I love the hoverboard races. But it like I guess it's just a but you know what you're right though and I never thought about that when you're in like the dog fights in the air and you're driving this like those are so easy those hoverboard races are tough like they I mean once you play them a few times and you learn where the shortcuts are they're beatable for sure but they're not it's not Mario Kart at 50 cc where you're just gonna laugh your way through them like I ended up having to restart those races a few times and like well, you said you have to get first place like they're not those aren't easy races. I just, I love the place you have to get. I think it's like the times I got minute 45 or minute 47. Like it's, it's kind of like you, I think you can pretty much wipe out maybe three times. Yeah. And like one wipe out per lap and you can maybe finish first still, but it's, and they're uh, counting on you, like learning how to do tricks to, to charge up your booster and to find the shortcuts and, and stuff like that. That was more the, I think the, the tricks was in the, um, that was more in the second one, I believe, like the revert, the the PS4 version. Oh, well, well I, so in the second race in this one, I couldn't beat it until I started doing tricks to charge up my booster. Because like once oh. I was doing them, my booster was filling up and then I was flying through that course. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I thought it was a second playthrough thing that they did for the first one. And I know it was a big part in the in the remake or the oh, okay. reboot. Yeah, it but definitely it, was in the reboot. I I found it really I found it really made the the second race easier once I got a hang of it. But I, like I love those types of games, so I was all about that. But you are right. Your, it was a bit of a difficulty spike because like what, I, most of this game is not very hard, and those are. What um, were your thoughts on the 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 puzzles with the trespasser? Uh oh, where you have to like line the lasers up to shoot into the yeah, little things. Yeah. Uh, they were. You know what? I actually. I like those better than puzzles in games where you go into like a temple and there's like three statues shaped like three animals and then three grooves to put the three statues in and it's just busy work. Like I yeah. like those better. I actually kind of like those puzzles. What did you I, think? I, I, I like, oh no, I, I like them a lot. I think one thing that was kind of difficult playing it through on the PS2 version was the, uh, it was really cluttered. Yes. They are. Uh, whereas yeah. I think the PS4 one, they do a better job of having it a little bit cleaner. And it's not as cluttered where you're kind of like, I, you, 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 it's easy to kind of lose the ones that block the laser. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, no, I enjoyed them though. I, I, I thought they were, uh, but on that I note, they were though, challenging enough. Yeah. Yeah. I like the challenge to them. But on that note, you have like a quick set wheel. I think it's like eight weapons or gadgets you can set to like your quick select wheel and then, if you want to pick from the rest of your weapons and get, cause by the end of the game, 
you can have like six gadgets. You can have 18 weapons or something like that. Like you have way more than you can fit in your quick select wheel. So then you have to go into the pause menu to access them. And uh, very minor criticism. I kind of wish that they had set the gadgets to something like its own quick set wheel where I could like maybe hold R2 and then go to it or something. Because outside of the grappling hook, you don't need your gadgets that often. And it's a yes. pain in the ass to have to go in and select them. Like I, I, I would have been nice if you could quick set them to something. That's all. I feel uh, one thing that I feel is kind of a missed opportunity was that you don't use a ton of buttons in Ratchet and Clank. There's no. a lot of buttons on that controller that could have multiple purposes. Like I feel like the the hook shot thing or whatever could have easily been its very own button. Totally. Because you use and that I gadget feel... more than the rest of the gadgets in the game combined. Yeah, and I feel like the trespasser. And the the same with the trespasser and the water level one. Yeah. Those are only ever actually used when you're in that platform. Yeah. So yeah. I don't see why it needs to be on the wheel at all. Agreed. Like I feel you could have easily been, oh, you're at the trespasser thing, it's automatically there. Or you're in the water level thing, it's automatically there. Yeah. But like I yeah, I don't think they really even needed to put any of those gadgets no. in the wheel at all. No, I just found them to be a nuisance. And then oh, let me just say if you've never played this and this podcast convinces you to go give this game a shot. You all know how I feel about swimming levels and swimming controls. At oh. the very beginning of this game, you will think the swimming controls suck, I think, because I think they do. But just fortunately, there's minimal swimming. And very early on in the game, you get an item where you don't have to worry about breathing anymore. And then later on in the game, you get an item that kind of automates your swimming and it gets way easier. So if okay. you get mad the first time you have to swim, like I did, don't let it sour you on the game. There's very little swimming. And quickly it'll be dealt with I, I before we sorry i was gonna say uh before we get to the drag thing because i know uh i want to i want to ask you uh how did you find that swimming sequence where the water was rising oh where you have to like dude that was okay so that's a great <laughs> way to segue into that final <laughs> boss fight this game is not particularly difficult in my opinion about 80% of the time. But then it just has these random difficulty spikes. Okay, and so, there's so one Adam. level... <laughs> Go ahead, because I know what you're talking about. I didn't hate that because I love platforming and I liked the it's... challenge of it, but that is tough. So, the... the... Well, no, actually, no. Go ahead. You go ahead and okay. rant. Uh, so, wanna, I'll ask after. Okay, so if you've never... There's this one level where you're in... I don't remember where you are, like a spaceship or something. And water starts rising from the bottom. And you basically... And at this point, you do not have the ability to breathe underwater. If you get stuck underwater, you're fucked. And you basically just have to run through this giant ship and you're platforming and there are points where you're in the water and you're swimming, but you're swimming kind of like up a, up a ramp. And as the water's coming up, if you can reach the surface of the water, you can get your feet on the ground and then run up the ramp. And basically you just have to get out of this area before the water fills up and, and drowns you. And I probably died in there half a dozen times, never rage quit at it, never thought it was frustrating or unfair or anything, but there's just the odd moment in this game. And that's one part. And so are some of those hoverboard races. So is the final, frankly, the whole final, level i think is a crazy difficulty spike compared to most of the game there's just moments where it suddenly like takes you out of this like pixar buddy pick you're playing where you're it's fun and charming and all of a sudden there it just punches you in the teeth and makes Man, you I like remember though you are playing a video game and we are going to kill you uh and oh, just I think wish i was there i wish i was there to backseat drive for you man oh, on that part. Fuck all me. you have to do all, oh no all you have to do is uh you know how you have that uh, button where it's kind of like 
uh, clank flies you forward. It's like yeah. a boost forward yeah, in yeah. the air. Yeah. Yeah. You just use that when you're out of the water. Yeah. Well, that's what I was doing, but I kept getting stuck in the water. Like I kept fucking oh. up my, I, it was on me. It was just me making mistakes. Oh, and I, thought, then, like, I thought maybe you're trying to do it with like out that. Oh God. Like, no, oh God, I don't think you could run the whole way. Yeah. I don't know if you could yeah. do that. Once you get a hold of that jet boost thing, it changes the game. Like I love, cause there's no run button. That's the closest thing you have to a run button. And it's God, yeah, it's yeah. a godsend. Um, we should talk about this final boss, Darren. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. I think you were being a little bit dramatic. No, being the fuck I was. The <laughs> fuck I was. Listen, all right? Listen, everybody that listens to the show with any regularity knows I, as a whole general rule of thumb, hate final bosses. I, 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 am, I am prejudiced against final bosses. I hate them. I just don't like them. They just, by and large, they irritate me. My problem with this final boss, and we'll get into it, is that he has like six phases. And on their own, the phases aren't too bad. The problem, and you know what? Maybe this is just me being spoiled by modern games with the constant checkpoints. But the problem is that the last couple of phases of this guy... He ratchets his fucking game up, no pun intended. Like he 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 steps up and it gets tough. And you don't have a ton of health in this game. And I only had five bars of health or five balls of health or whatever the fuck they're called. And I didn't have and the problem is that when you die, it it sends you back to the very beginning of the boss fight and there's an ammo box there and you can replenish all your ammo, but all the bolts you've spent are gone. And so if you die five or six times, you're out of money and now you're fucked because you can't buy the ammo for the three or four weapons you need to fight this fucking boss. That was what was driving me crazy about him. All right. Like fuck. Oh, and the camera on that boss fucks you a couple of times, but no, it's that it's the, and like when I got to that boss, I think I had about 1400 bolts left because I spent them all on all the items. I bought all the weapons and then I didn't have any more money to replenish some of my fucking weapons. And so I was just, I ended up like, and this is what I was talking about with you is I took two days where I took three or four runs at this boss each time and I would get closer and closer each time and then I would die and then I get pissed off and I'm that person and anyone that listens, everyone that's listening to this fucking knows angry Adam get, I get frustrated. And when I get frustrated at games, I start trying to rush. And when I start trying to rush, I start making more mistakes. I start dying more. And then I start getting fucking madder and madder. And we have talked about coming up with a code name for the phenomenon of dying and dying and dying in a game, walking away, coming back the next time and beating it on your first try. And that's what happened. And once I beat it, I was fine. And it's by far not the worst final boss I've ever had, but the fact that it eats up your fucking bolts and that fight is like 10 minutes long and then you die and then you get back to the start and then you don't have any more bolts to replenish any of your fucking weapons and it fuck fuck that boss i'm done okay we thank got, you we got we got a lot of a lot to unpack there i um, hate it <laughs> i just right. hate it remember how earlier we talked about how like different weapons yeah have different uh kind of strengths that help you out in different moments yeah Yep. So the way you have, wait, hold up. Maybe are you calm? Can I ask a question? Oh yeah, get right. I'm good now. Boat? I got okay, my, okay. I, I right. blew my load. I'm gone now. All right. Well, let's see if we can get that passion back here. Uh, what was your, what was your strategy when you did beat it? Uh, I, you in the early phases where he's not really, cause like his, I can get through his first three phases where he's on the planets or two phases or whatever without taking a hit. Those are easy. Um, on those ones, I would just use the lightning claw. 
and just barely zap them. And by the time I got to the third phase, because those last three or four phases, I don't remember how many it is, you're fighting him on that platform where he goes and starts the bomb every time and you have to run and hit that switch to stop the bomb. I could get to that phase with full health and about 200 ammo left in my lightning claw. And so for the most part, I found the lightning claw worked. I was using the sucker on the second phase to suck up those cannonballs and throw them at him. But I just mm. found it to be more of a nuisance than it was worth. And so once he started getting more serious where he would spit out the little robots, I would drop the, 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 the um, I don't remember what it's called, the, the drone glove or whatever where you throw out the fake use to suck his attention yeah. away. And then I would use the lightning glove until the lightning glove ran out. And then I just beat him with my laser blaster to finish him. So this so okay first few things because i'm trying to, i should have wrote down your rant um i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again you are fucking you, bullshit you are passionate eh. <laughs> okay so um just, if it didn't okay, sorry so i just let me just thing. if okay, it just sorry. if it just didn't eat up your bolts it would be no problem all right so i'm done there's a few things you can do for that. so one thing is is that the game it recognizes when you are low on ammo so if you go, so for example, when you go into the boss first wave and you're full ammo going in, there are no weapon drops at that point. Right. They don't drop any, they, there's no, uh, sorry, ammo drops. No. The ammo drops don't start coming until the game can tell that you're getting low on the crucial ammo. So See, if you take oh, a look okay. at the- Because it would randomly so, give so me even ammo. Though, yeah. So even if you had no bolts left, when you go to that first, uh, when you go to that first platform- even if you have no bolts in your weapon, your ammo is a little bit not in a great position. Uh, it will drop ammo uh, on that first block. So the ammo doesn't start dropping until the game recognizes that you're low. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, Still so okay. some things that sometimes what would happen for me, what I would do is like, let's say I'm in that third platform. I have one hit left. Drax still has like half his life left. I know I'm not going to win. Right. At that point, what I start doing is just kind of, uh, going around the rim of that little grind bar thing and just kind of wait for the ammo drops. And then I'll just kind of collect ammo and then I'll have that, the ammo carries over to the next round. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing that you can do, and this is, uh, would be just like every time you die, go back to your spaceship and you can collect like 2000 bolts just from using your suck cannon on all those other, uh, Sure. The little small things. But now and I gotta, just... I gotta, I, I just have to, like, I agreed and I, and you're right, but I still like, I still think it's just a design flaw. Like when you die, load up my save right before the boss fight where my ammo is wherever it was. And I like, I, that's my problem is I don't understand the logic of continue. It's like, I died. I'm dead. So why am I respawning with all the shit I had gone, all my ammo gone, and my bolts that, gone? Like, yeah, yeah, I see you know what I mean. Saying. Like that—that that was where my frustration was kicking in. I think was I was just like I'm dead. So give me you my save. Just gotta get good at him. Well, and that's get what, good, I, you know? <laughs> motherfucker. No, but that's the thing is, just like that's what I did. And you and I were talking about it when I beat it. I think I took one hit the whole time, and I still had ammo left over. Like it's just a yeah. matter of practice. I just. I just i i found the i found the burning your ammo frustrating, and i i hate any boss with like five six phases, and I know I can beat the first two or three with my eyes closed because that's yeah. where my impatience kicks in. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, for me, uh, the, the way the way I went about the final boss was I did uh, first wave. I did blaster, 
because you can run towards them, no problem. And it like homes in on them too. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So gross wave blaster. A second wave I did blast. I usually had about half my blaster ammo left after that. Yeah. So I do like blaster again for second wave. And then uh, once I ran out of bat blaster ammo, I would start using the devastator to kind of uh, get through. And again, first two waves, no yeah. hits. Yeah. And then going into that third wave, I basically deploy my like little drones that circle around the head. Yeah. And then yeah. just kind of like spam the glove of doom at the very beginning. And then uh, Tesla claw for the last <laughs> one, because that's one that you can kind of as you're approaching him you can dodge the mines you can dodge all that with the tesla claw still locked in doing damage yeah and then usually by then i would start accumulating more devastator ammo after uh the drops and stuff and then when the little minions come out just use the suck cannon and then the thing that's funny for me is i i i I struggled with this as well uh so what i ended up doing because like i was getting so close probably like yes down to like half of like a quarter so what I started doing, which might be, I don't know, I don't think it's cheating really, but what I did was is every time I died, I'd go back to my spaceship, collect the bolts, save the game, go back, died again, go back to the spaceship, collect the bolts, save the game, go back again until I had enough to get the extended health bar. Uh... And then I went and got the extended health bar. And what the funny thing was is once I had the extended health bar, I took three damage the entire yes! time in one. Yeah. And it's like, and fuck. I don't like... know. I don't. I don't know if it's because like I was like, oh, I've got eight hits of damage. I can do this. No problem. And I was just maybe playing a lot more relaxed or something. And I think what would happen is I'd start squeezing controller when I'd have one hit of nanotech left or whatever. And then I would just like accidentally jump into or actually once I jumped right off the map going to the grind bar. And uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, but you know but what? Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't breeze through it, but I didn't rage at the same yeah, time. I, yeah, like I just sort of the, the like. I really don't want to get into another rant about Souls games because every time they come up, people try to convince me that I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not gonna like them, and I don't want to play them. I don't have the patience for long boss fights. I get mad, and then I start making mistakes, and then they, it just snowballs. The matter I get, the more mistakes I make. The matter I get, the more mistakes I make. Uh, when I came back, like, because I googled it at one point, and I was like, do I suck at this game, or do people find this fight hard? And when you Google it, there are so many threads. Of people talking about this final boss fight. But then when I finally beat it, I was like, that was by far not the hardest boss fight I've ever... It's just a matter of taking your time and learning the patterns. And I do think... I will say, while I hate that boss fight, it is a testament to the, the, the to this game that you and I had two totally different strategies for dealing with them with all the different weapons, and they both work. Like, mm-hmm. there's not one way to fight this boss and beat that game, beat this game. And I do think that's really, like tip of my hat to the designers with all these different i really want to stress it if you've not played this game it's the weapons aren't just skin swaps of different lasers like the weapons all handle so differently and they're so it's a fuck i that fucking boss fight drives me crazy but it is a charming as fuck video game and i just think it's for the most part really well done i i just hated it but the they they have part. like they have like the long range weapons. They have like the kind of short crowd control style yep. weapons. They yeah. have like the ones that have a lot of ammo, so it's like you don't have like it's overall it's really like it's like I said this is my this might not be my favorite Ratchet and Clank game, but it is uh, my favorite franchise for any video game. Sure. And uh, 
I'm happy it. that you did eventually uh, get to it. Yeah. Maybe you'll get to the next one before the next Olympics. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Before the next pandemic. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> God, please. Uh, no, I, I listen, you're one of a few people that have been on me to play it. And since I played the PS4 one and Rift Apart, like, I'm a fan. I was like, I want to go back and see where this started. And um, if I had to, I mean, it's not even fair, but like, I guess it's kind of fair. If I had to rank the three Ratchet and Clank games I have played, this would probably be number three after the PS4 one and Rift Apart. But more than anything, that's just quality of life improvements with the PS4 and the PS5 ones. You know, better frame rates and better controls yeah. and stuff like that. I feel that. a better comparison to be even comparing this to just the PS, other PS2 and, other, sure. and even the PS3 ones. Yeah, absolutely. And like, listen, in the last year or two, like I'm trying to think, I've gone back and played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I've gone back and played Bully. Uh, I've gone back and played this. I've gone back and played the first God of War. I've played um, Shadow of the Colossus, and uh, like I'm, I, I, I played PS2, and I know why everyone loves it. I just always thought it was a little bit overrated. But now that I'm going back and playing some of these great games, I'm like, dude, this it was more than just the DVD player. Like the P, I, I don't, I'll, I won't move off this point. The PS2 is why PlayStation has been untouchable for so long in the world of console gaming. And I now that I'm playing some of these games, like I get it. Like fuck me, there are some great games on this console, and this is just one of them. This is, this is every, this is my exact type of game. That cartoony, fun, childish, but still with some adult humor to it good controls, fun gameplay, minus a couple minor criticisms and the fact that I hate the final boss. Like, yeah, this is a great fucking video game. Like, I get why you love this franchise so much. I will play more of these. Like, you know what's I, crazy I'm, to I'm me? It's just like, when we compare this as a PS2 game to like the PS4 one you played originally, yeah. is how is this game so much longer than the PS4 one? Oh, and it, it, I didn't expect it to be anywhere near. Like, it's a lot, like it's not a 40 hour game. But, like, it's not a six-hour game either. Like, it's... I don't know what... It, it probably took me 15 hours or so. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah. And then the next two... The next two on the PS2 are even longer than this one. Like, fucking great franchise. I... I it pains me to say it because I love Jack and Daxter, but I think I like this... I think I like Ratchet and Clank better, too. Uh, and I still love Jack and... I'll always have a soft spot for Daxter, but... Um, <laughs> as long as Ratchet and Clank 2 and 3 don't turn into shitty Grand Theft Auto clones, we're golden. We're in. No, um, I think I think the general consensus from most fans is that up your arsenals probably the best of the three, and then going command. So I won't. Uh, I can talk to you off uh, off uh, air on it, but uh, yeah, no, the those first three are really good if you get around to playing. Them. Yeah, and I will because you. I think you lent me all of them. I have them sitting yes, here. I just yeah. have to play them. Uh, we got to score this fucking thing. Uh, the fuck do we score this thing out of? Uh, how many? We uh, okay. there's a grand total of uh, uh, 14 games. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fucking way better than what I was gonna do. Let's do that. Uh, okay, so there's 14 games in the series. So out of 14, uh, Darren, what would you score the very first Ratchet and Clank? Um, with it being the very first of the like. The fact that they hit it so so out of the park on the very first attempt, mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna give it a 14. Like right. for it's like it's uh, they nailed it on the first try. I feel whereas uh, they didn't grow to what they are now. This is what it was like. This is 
this is like the third one you've played, but this is the first one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, this is what it was as the first one in 2002. So it's probably, I think, it's it's my favorite PS2 game. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to give it, a, I'm giving it a 12. It loses one point for not being Super Mario World, the Super Mario World tax. And then uh, I just, I fucking hate the final boss. <laughs> but like, objectively, I have no complaints about this game. Like it is just a well, from top to bottom, a well-made, no real glaring weaknesses video game. It's just a good fucking video game that I, if you're listening to this and you've got a PS2 laying around, play it. And if you even if you've got a PS4, play play the reimagine. Just try a Ratchet and Clank game. Like it is just a charming as fuck franchise. I that I wish we were getting more of. Like yeah, I wish like, we were I getting more than one per I don't console. How it, like I don't understand how it goes from six for PS2, six for PS3. And then the PS4 one's like yeah, half the same, half different from the original. And then the PS5 one, like I don't know if we'll get another one. I mean, that said though, for all, <laughs> don't don't like as a Jack and Daxter fan, I've been waiting for a new game for like 15 years. So take your one per generation and just be great. Is it only the four? Is it only the is it only the three and the racing one? Uh, and then Daxter had a standalone PSP. Oh, game. he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it. We haven't gotten a new one since Jack X, the shitty racing game. So they fucked it when they made it into Grand Theft Auto and I'll never forgive them for it. Uh, and now, and they, keep in mind too, like that's Naughty Dog. And now they've got their hands full with Last of Us and stuff. They're not going back to fucking Jack and Daxter. Um, yeah. Darren, I meant to, I, I didn't forget. I almost forgot, but I didn't forget. You uh, you sit in front of the computer and play video games for people to watch you sometimes. So yeah, where, where can people watch you? Uh, my uh, Twitch name is Adjective and Noun. Uh, as I feel most uh, Twitch names are basically the format of adjective and a noun. So uh, oh, that's dude, yeah, you're yeah. Fucking, you are the smartest comedian I know. Oh, well, you live in Edmonton. So uh... <laughs> yeah, I live in Alberta. <laughs> I live in Alberta, Darren. <laughs> Fuck me. But yeah, no. So I, I, uh, I stream mostly like Nintendo stuff. And uh, when I want to do some me work, I'll do like PlayStation stuff like Ratchet and Clank and stuff. But uh, yeah, my Twitch is adjective and noun. And you guys will be able to find that in the description of this podcast if you want to go give Darren a hard time. And for all of you people that like to use big words, Darren's all about that shit. Go hang out. Like, stop sending them to me because I can't say them or know what they mean. But Darren knows lots of big words. So go and talk to him. Big words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buddy, fucking, I'm so glad we finally made this happen. It was great catching up with you, man. Yeah, me as well. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Anytime. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Darren, thank you so much for not only giving me a call and talking Ratchet and Clank, but for lending me an incredibly expensive copy of Ratchet and Clank so that I could play it for the... I think the original is expensive. I don't know. A bunch of them are. But anyway, thank you so much not only for giving me my guest, but for lending me a copy of the show. And as Darren mentioned at the end of that chat, he is available over on Twitch if you want to go by and check out his face and his streams and stuff like that. You can find the link to his Twitch in the description of this podcast. And of course, a huge thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Uh, Whether this was your first episode of Remember the Game or your 200 and 
eight? Are we at 208? I think we are. Whether it's your first or your 208th episode, we are charting all over the planet. One of the biggest video game podcasts out there now. It's just fucking insane to me. And I don't, I mean, I guess I do say it to brag, but I also say it to say thank you so much. July was another incredible month for us. Another record breaking month over on Patreon. We're fucking killing it. And uh, yeah, I know someday this show is going to fall apart and crash and burn and I'm going to get canceled. I'm sure of it, but not fucking yet. So thank you all so much. If you didn't hate the podcast, maybe leave us a nice review on your podcast service of choice. I have no idea what those reviews accomplish, but I know that we're supposed to ask for them. And if you're thinking, I cannot get enough of this guy's voice and I need more episodes. There are over 200 bonus podcasts waiting for you over on Patreon with two additional ones going live every week for just $2 a month. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Uh, yeah. We donate 5% of that to charity too. So it's fucking wins all around. You support the little guy, you support the podcast, you support the children, you get a bunch of podcasts. Like why, what else are you going to do with $2? Fucking spend it on a crappy cup of, I guess you can't even, can you get a Starbucks coffee for two bucks? I hate Starbucks coffee. I don't even know. Anyways, doesn't matter. Patreon.com slash remember the game. I'm also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash member the game. If you're interested in coming by and seeing my stupid face and we do have a PO box, I don't ask for big gifts. Don't send me anything big. Some of you do, and I'm humbled by it. I'm just looking for postcards and letters. Nice things. Tell me where you're listening from. I'll send you one back. We'll be buddies. You can find that address at remember the game along with everything else. Uh, that we do. And that'll do it for this week's episode, I think. That's all my plugs. I've had enough. I'm going to stop talking. Uh, I guess i got to shout out some patrons, and I'll do that in a second. But I will be back tomorrow for all our patrons. It's Expansion Pass 122, which will be my End of the Breach review. Game Patch 100.0 will go live on Friday. And I'll be back next week with a whole nother slab of podcasts, including Remember the Game number 209, which, if all the stars align, will be about Splinter Cell for the original Xbox. Take it easy, everybody. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And I'm contractually obligated to give them a shout out and probably screw up a bunch of their names in the process. So a huge thank you to... Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Trombley, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Cap end game nomad misi daniel john woodruff just a fish noob q super dad bros podcast Enzalo, holmes zach shepherd chris dickin matthew d'amico frosty feed 492 triple austin cook elijah burns stephen parnell ray san juan tongo dbxj jameer williams steve dalk phil mccracken trav h mizuru nicholas chaffee david marcus phil lencher ruben elizald eric james riley turvey jake carter mexican johnny c-spin thomas smith nicola Re- leroy westrich dark squall jerry the 3d printed Sawstrich, Russell Seg 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 Segway, sorry Russell, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry Douglas, Bucky Duck, Benjamin Swiller, Tristan Team the Great, Hegel Waffle, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Them Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francisco, The Jamadian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Call 
Colin Bollinger, Justified01, Lucas, Joey Mercury, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Theoren, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Big Poppy Logan, Phil Va, Va, Val, Vox, Sorry, Phil. John M. Watkins, Sally 311, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Daniel Matthews, Arctic Vision, Romaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Bulma Simp. The new names are the ones that fuck me up. Bulma Simp, Mark Nele, Darren Dickey, Trevor McKee, A Quiet or Quiet Place Queen, God damn it, and Cam Nelly 23. Fuck you think I'd be getting good at this by now. But nay nay. Thank you so much for all the support, everybody. Talk to you next week. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. That ought to hold those SOBs.